0: Hey Un... <coughs> blooper. Hey ladies, this is a Patreon bonus episode that I'm bringing to the main feed, well, at least part of it, with special Met Gala correspondent and Unladylike intern, Annalie Anonye. And of course, this is a time for a pew 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 plug if you want to hear our entire hour-plus-long conversation all about the Met, why it matters, why it's controversial, why AOC is still in hot water for showing up at the 2021 Met Gala. Is it gala or gala? Or third option, gala. Annalie and I talk about it all. I now know more about the Met Gala 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 than I ever thought I would. How was your Met Monday?
1: Okay, my Met Monday was ridiculous. I'm one of those people who, like, is always just sits down in my PJs with all my friends and, like, watches. But I'm in England right now, so the Met Cal started at 1130 at night. So I was basically... (laughs) In my room, in my PJs, with a tub of ice cream, <laughs> watching from like eleven thirty to three thirty in the morning. Oh my gosh, you watched <laughs> the whole thing! It was so ridiculous. Yeah, I like I. I think I missed like a little bit at the end, but yeah, up until like three or three thirty, I was watching.
0: Wow. <laughs> so did you see Rihanna's entrance?
1: Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. Yeah, I watched the whole thing.
0: (laughs) I'm so impressed. Okay, where do we even begin? Because, of course, of course, unladies, we are going to get into our favorite looks and fashions of this year's event. But there's a lot to unpack here when it comes
1: to the Met. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So much to unpack. I was like trying to think of all the different themes to go through. But I thought maybe let's start history timeline just so you get the basics if you don't know what the Met Gala is. So it was created in 1948 by fashion publicist Eleanor Lambert in support of the Costume Institute. Tickets were originally $50 to go to the Met Gala, which (laughs) is such a steal when you consider that they're $50,000 this year for each ticket. And so back then it was like mostly just like New York High Society that was going to the Met Gala. Now it's shifted to be more like artists, musicians, celebrities, like kind of that space. But it was created for the Metropolitan Museum of Art, um, their Costume Institute in New York City. And today it's basically the only fundraiser for the Costume Institute, and it funds the entire institute. And so it was this contemporary idea of what we think of the Met was coined by Anna Winter in 1995 who is the editor in chief of Vogue and the chair of the Met Gala. She's been the chair since 1995 when she took over, which is a very long time. It is very much considered, I think they call it the Super Bowl of fashion. And so it's very much just like all your popular culture, like all of this like great art I love to watch. I love to critique all the outfits. But yeah, that's where we are today.
0: Yeah, I was looking, reading up on the significance of the Met, like why it is a big deal aside from the obvious kind of the red carpet moment, which is considered even more important than the red carpet at the Oscars. It is even bigger than fashion weeks because partly because it is this high-low blending of the elite art world with kind of the more accessible the fashion piece of it bringing mixing those two worlds together and it's now I think with the themes of it it is exciting to see how people are going to show up and show out.
1: Yeah. And I think like there's so much like speculation that goes into which guests are coming. And I think like what you were talking about with like other red carpets, it's cool to see a blending of a lot of worlds. Like you see like professional athletes with Oscar award winning like actors and then also like people from Broadway. It's just like a mix of everyone that I think society idolizes standing there in some of the most beautiful outfits. Ever,
0: <laughs> and then maybe having to avoid a, a little roach that was on yes. the
1: carpet, <laughs> running the up the running up the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this year our theme was Carl Lagerfeld, which I think was quite a controversial theme. Kristen, tell me, what do you know? If you were thinking about Carl Lagerfeld, who do you think he is? What do you know?
0: Okay, so when I think of Karl Lagerfeld, I just imagine that shock of white hair that he has and those, (laughs) like, the fingerless gloves that he Mm -hmm. always wears and Choupette. I think that was the name of his cat. Yes, the cat. Lots of homage to Choupette on Monday. And in terms of his kind of pop cultural, like, even beyond, like, fashion, because I'm not a fashionista, but I remember him as a kind of problematic figure, like the way that he would talk about women's bodies. There was, I forget the year that it happened. It might've been 2015, the Chanel runway show that like fully appropriated feminism (laughs) Like
1: Yep. <laughs> the so, Me Too one. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like
0: when I saw the theme was Carl Lagerfeld, it felt appropriate for this era we're living in of reboot culture where it's, okay, sure, let's honor this guy who...
1: We're bringing it I'm, back.
0: <laughs> yeah, who I'm sure like had an incredible impact on modern fashion, but also,
1: mm, oh, okay. Yeah, no, you, I think, hit it the nail on the head. When I think of him, I always think of Stanley Tucci's Double Wears Prada character. Wake up, Six. She's just doing her job. Don't you know that you were working at the place that published some of the greatest artists of the century? Halston, Lagerfeld, De La Renta. And what they did, what they created, was greater than art. Because you live your life in it. Not you, obviously, but some people. I don't know if you've ever watched Devil's Fraud. Trotted, one of my favorite oh, shows. Yes. I, one of my favorite movies. I think I think about that character and I'm like, okay, I feel like that must be like nail on the head exactly who he is. But I didn't really know that much about him, if I'm going to be honest, until I did like a deep dive. I feel like he's this like mythical being. Like I was talking to my friends about him the other day and they're like, I feel like he reminds me of like a Michael Jackson-esque character. And I was like, does, it kind of makes yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah. German designer. He's the creative director of Chanel, which is what he's basically known for for from 1983 until his death in 2019 basically changed the shape of Chanel post Coco Chanel's era. He took over a few years after she died. And then other fashion houses that he designed or was directors for were Bauman, Patel and Chloe as well. So he's very involved in the fashion world. It was really interesting if you guys watched the Met Gala to see Naomi Campbell and Cara Delevingne came up to basically say that he sat and helped them enter into the fashion world. And of course, yes, he is known for being quite a controversial figure inclusivity in the fashion world he was not very great for that so there's a great maintenance phase episode where they did this deep dive on like his kind of relationship with diet culture and then also he put out a diet book about like his weight loss journey lots of kind of homophobia sexism the whole thing
0: i didn't realize or had forgotten that he did have this sort of Personal physical transformation later Mm -hmm. in life where he did lose a ton of weight. And I'm assuming, am I wrong to assume he was gay?
1: Yes, he was. So it's just, it's a very interesting life of contradictions, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Okay. So I have a a list of some of the most controversial quotes he's ever said, which I think (laughs) gives you an idea of kind of his thoughts on just the world. Just a content warning. It definitely does like weight on like a lot of fat phobia and then also some sexism. So just be aware, as I'm saying, but... Okay, number one, sweatpants are a sign of defeat. You lost control of your life, so you bought some sweatpants, which <laughs> is just hilarious. Because I think, quite literally, every single person who was watching the Met Gala was watching in sweatpants. I think there was a lot of irony when it came to his actual <laughs> that actual quote in comparison to him being the face of the Met Gala this year. And
0: look, I will admit that sometimes when because I. Usually will end up in sweatpants by nine o'clock every day. And sometimes it is my being defeated because I'm defeated by the feeling of a waistband. I'm just ready to (laughs) give up on the day. And I think that's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's my sign of defeat before the day started. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? (laughs) We need to make this a good day. I'm going to be comfortable as Mm -hmm. I tread to the library. (laughs) Okay. Life is not a beauty contest. Some ugly people are great. Mm. What I hate is nasty, ugly people. The worst is ugly, short men. Women can be short, but for men, it is impossible. It is something that they will not forgive in life. They are mean and they want to kill you. Wow. Um, Wow. wow. That's a lot. Is he a tall man? I don't think he was tall. So this one was funny and actually just so sexist. (laughs) So about his cat which you talked about, Chopette. Um, she is like a kept woman. She has a strong personality. She has lunch and dinner with me on the table with her food. She doesn't touch my food. She doesn't want to eat on the floor. She sleeps under a pillow and she even shows how to use an iPad. She has two personal maids for both night and day. She is beyond spoiled. Um, there's a lot there. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it was a compliment, if it was like a backhanded slap. It just was horrible, actually.
0: I would like to see Chupette navigate an iPad, though. <laughs> exactly.
1: Also, it's really interesting. He left a lot of his estate towards the cat as well. So he had a very personal relationship with her. What's the story with Chupet? Because it sounds Chupet like a very... a very strange thing because I never thought that I could fall in love with an animal like this. A friend of mine gave it to one of my mates. I'm leaving for two days. Could you keep it for two weeks? When he came back, I thought, I'm sorry, Chupette is mine. I don't give Chupette back. And she became a world-famous star, you know. Yes, mm-hmm. Whenever I go somewhere, children said to me, how is Chupette? <laughs> is Chupette still alive? I actually don't know. I, think, I saw that I think
0: she, a- she has an Instagram account and is or at least was, had representation, of course. Of course, Chappette would have an agent, but...
1: Just Googled, Chappette is still alive. Whoa! She probably has a lovely life, truly, because he passed away in 2019. It has been a good five years.
0: Dang, <laughs> Someone,
1: <laughs> Someone to follow up on. <laughs> okay, so he's also said he wasn't ugly enough to be a feminist. Hmm. Yeah, I... Not much comment there. And then these ones were, I think, even more horrid. They were more like specific targets at people. So about Kate Middleton and her sister, Peppa, he said, Kate Middleton has a nice silhouette, and she is the right girl for that boy. Um, Speaking of Prince William. On the other hand, her sister struggles. I don't like the sister's face. She should only show her back. That's just horrendous. (laughs) And then... He also about Adele said she is a little too fat, but she has a beautiful face and a divine voice, Um, which I think is the most demeaning way to speak about one of the best musicians, I feel like, of this generation. And then also like interesting ideas of just like the modeling industry and consent just in general. He did say, I read somewhere that you that now you must ask a model if she is comfortable with posing. It's simply too much. From now on, as a designer, you can't do anything, which I think is just an interesting thought process because I think there's been like a lot of revolution, at least in the 20, 2000s and 2020s to make the modeling inter- industry one more inclusive, but like also to think about consent with models, because I don't think that has been something that people have thought about a lot in the past. Um, and on that note, Sarah Ziff, who is the founder of the model alliance, who's which is doing like a lot of work advocating for model safety and their rights in the industry and representation. Actually spoke up about this Mechala theme in Jezebel and said the choice to honor Lagerfeld embodies the dissonance of an industry that claims to be progressive, that celebrates body positivity and survivors on the one hand, and then re- reveres figures like Lagerfeld without even acknowledging their regressive views. So yes, that was a lot, but he's definitely a really controversial figure, which I think complicates this Met Gala in particular. And it hasn't been confirmed, but a lot of traditional celebrities that you think of coming to the Met Gala did not show up this year, which I wonder if that was a connection.
0: I should have had a list with me of all the different fashion houses he worked with, because I was just looking through to see who who was wearing Chanel and... There was obviously like a lot of black and white. I mean, like the palette of the night was truly like every other person was in black and white. So mm-hmm. folks who are wearing colors, like bold colors, stood out. I don't know. I was just curious to see if there was any kind of uh, sartorial protest happening in in what any of the celebrities in attendance were wearing.
1: Yeah, that is actually a perfect lead in. I was going to talk about just a little bit of the counter protest that I think was happening at the Met, which I think this is rumored, but a lot of people are thinking Viola Davis wearing a very bright pink dress and it wasn't necessarily in Karl Lagerfeld's fashion. They think that's really contrary to like him and his presence, especially because he had a, a very particular never wear pink rule. It was his Least favorite color, <laughs> and the dress she showed up in is bright pink, and she looked beautiful. So, I think that might have been a way, of maybe pushing back against the theme. But I think like it's also I think that this is just super complicated because I think he is someone who did set the tone in fashion for a long time. He is like known as like a friend of Anna Winters, so it feels on brand that she's the one who set the theme. And Andrew Bolton, who is the head curator of the Met of the Met's um, Museum of Art Costume Institute, who is working on basically the, the exhibit that we're representing through and like raising money for through the Met Gala on the Business of Fashion podcast on April 21st said that basically the theme and the work that he's doing is more about Carl the work and not Carl the man, which I also think poses so many interesting thoughts about whether or not you can separate a person from their art. Mhm mhm yeah yes. i saw
0: some people asking the question of like oh i guess tonight we are separating art from artists because it's maybe convenient
1: I thought maybe we could transition into some of the just hot topics that I think come up every year about the Met Gala because I think everyone loves I'm not going to say everyone. A lot <laughs> of people like it. <laughs> a lot of people enjoy like critiquing outfits and like seeing their favorite celebrities and stuff, but I think there are like some just kind of po- popular culture themes that come up every year that people are talking about. So, want to hear your thoughts, Kristen, and then also maybe just like discuss them. Yeah. And so first is the best worst dress list. What are your thoughts?
0: I scroll through them. <laughs> you know, <I> think like <laughs> yeah. That's it, it. Seems like that's always how these kinds of events shake out. Whether it is the Oscars or something related, when people have to show up and are supposed to look their best, it's and when you have. An event like this where so many people are attending, I think it's also just, like, a way to condense, like, who showed up, who should who you should pay attention to. And I think there is a difference between critiquing, like, the actual fashions versus, I think, a previous era of best worst. Like, I'm thinking of, like, e-fashion police, which is now no more, where it was really a lot of just body shaming. I'm not into that. But I think a best worst dress list as long as it is focusing just on the looks is okay. What about you?
1: No, I completely agree. I love a best worst dress list. I like I'm always like on Vogue and then switching to like E and like switching to all the like different like websites to see what people thought. And I think best worst lists, like used to be just, like, these traditional lists. But, like, I also think that, like, you feel them now via Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And, like, my friends curate their favorite, like, best, worst dress lists where they're like, oh, my goodness, these were my favorite looks of the night. And, like, they're on their Instagram stories or stuff along those lines. But, yeah, best, worst lists have been really critiqued in the past. Not as much, I think, for the Met Gala. I thought I would see a lot of articles about, like, how this is just awful. More for, like, Oscars, Emmys, Award shows. And I think the thing that kept coming up is that they just a lot of times are critiquing bodies more than actual fashion. So that's when race, gender, fat phobia and stuff play into that. And what's hard is I think it's, it's so fun to critique from your couch and just see all the outfits, but it does impact the actual person and then the designers and like their future ability to come to these award shows and stuff along those lines. So I think it's something to just think about like, when we're doing it, because I feel like I'm one of those people who, like, I could spend hours on that. Me and my friends were on the train yesterday going through all the lists.
0: (laughs) And I think, like, it is a good point of context where the Met is a fashion event. Mm -hmm. So it feels more appropriate, absolutely, to judge the fashions. Whereas I can understand with an event like the Oscars, where it is people who are there. Yes, they want to look nice, but they are there because of their talents, and yeah. it's a competition. So when you get things like people on the red carpet only wanting to talk about your nails or your fashion, whatever, that can s- seem more demeaning. But yeah, I think that it, with the Met especially, critique away. <laughs>
1: I agree. I also think that the Met, I think people are more likely to be like more daring and Mm -hmm. take some like artistic liberties. I feel like I also think of like Katy Perry's hamburger outfit.
0: Here I am as my favorite Met Ball outfit, costume, dress. The cheeseburger was my second dairy outfit, also created this cheeseburger. I was going to some after parties and I bumped into literally Celine Dion and she like grabbed me and happened to be grabbing me where my meat patty part was. So Celine has grabbed me by the meat.
1: <laughs> or like the big um, Rihanna dresses or stuff along those lines. You wouldn't necessarily see it like a, a an award show, I think. Yeah. 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 So another thing that comes up, which is controversial themes, this year was not an anomaly in any way. And so I thought maybe I'd run through a few of them. Oh, also just as a preface, I think the reason why these are just really weird, kind of awful themes (laughs) is that a lot of times they coincide with an actual exhibit. And I think it's really hard to be like, okay, this is our theme. This is what we're going to spend the next few months like showcasing, which are usually like historical artifacts. And then tell, like, a designer to create something in that fashion, especially when a lot of times an exhibit, when you go to any museum, represents a historical time period or a geographical area or something along those lines. You just open the, like, floodgates for, like, so much cultural appropriation and lack of critical thought.
0: Okay, and ladies, I am pausing the conversation here and listen (laughs) you're going to want to know what some of those controversial themes were. We did not cover, personally, my favorite theme, which was 1984, I believe. The Met Gala theme was Man and the Horse. I mean, they should bring that one back, if only for all the horse girl looks that we would see. Uh, An unbridled night at the Met. Anna Winter, are you listening? Well, okay, if you want to hear the entire episode, you can go over to patreon.com unladylike media and help support unladylike in a very real and needed way. Also, shout out to Annalie for staying up in London to watch the red carpet. And for the record, Annalie did that of her own volition. I did, I did not ask her. I did not ask her to do that. Um, I love her passion for the Met. And there's still so much more to cover, including some of our favorite slash least favorite controversial themes, which, wow, it is a lot of wow. What were they thinking? Patreon.com slash unladies. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope to see y'all over on Patreon.
1: I've had enough.